TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Jeff, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Doing very well. How are you guys? We're doing well. great. And I can't imagine what it's like for you to be back coaching uh, like this again after after being away. You must have a lot of emotions. What are some of those emotions? Well, I think uh, in particular being able to represent your country is what was so uh, enticing about the opportunity and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, like you said, uh, when you coach, you never get it out of your system. And so I miss it every day. I love what I do uh, for ESPN on ABC, but I do miss coaching. So I'm just very appreciative of the chance to coach again and particularly coaching uh, representing USA Basketball. So you miss coaching but you like what you're doing currently, but if the right opportunity presented itself, would you go back to coaching? Well, there have been some opportunities along the way, uh, uh, none that I felt has been the, the right fit, and some jobs I was interested in, they didn't feel I was the right fit. So, you know, you're, you're at the point in your life where you have to make sure that um, if you're going to give up a great job, which I have, that it is a good fit, but certainly – uh, I would consider uh, coaching again as I have uh, since I uh, left the Rockets back in 2007. Now, I don't know you, and I don't want to sound like I do, but watching you, uh, growing up a big Knicks fan, and then watching your press conferences after some of those rough games or playoff losses and how you looked then with the can of Diet Coke in front of you like you hadn't slept in a week, and you now on television where you seem so unbelievably happy. I mean, is that the way that you came off in that press conference versus how you are on television? Are you are you much happier now doing what you're doing than when you were, were coaching some of those uh, some pl- the playoff series that there were a lot was on the line? Well, I think playoffs or, or coaching is a different type of joy. It's a uh... Uh, it's not the, you know, let's face it, in broadcasting, after the game, I'm not concerned with who won and who lost unless it's one of my good friends in the game. Um, I'm just worried about where we're going to eat. So, you know, there's, there's not nearly the stress. You know, I just want good food. So, in coaching, it's different. It's like you're uh, responsible for a result. You want to give your – you want to do your part to give your team the best chance they can to be successful. Uh I took it seriously. Uh, I would again. I will in this USA basketball uh, situation as well. Uh, but, you know, with with uh, age comes hopefully some perspective. I thought I uh, handled results better in Houston than I did in New York, and hopefully I would handle results uh, in another job differently than I ha- handled it in Houston. So he's concerned with where they're going to eat and Rihanna. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the? Uh... Well, listen, <laughs> I, I, people that get on me about that Rihanna thing, but if if you've ever seen her up close and she's right in front of you, 
it's so it's more striking than a LeBron James dunk. I've seen a number of LeBron James' dunks. I'm with you, Coach. Coach. I've only seen one time that close, and it was startling. We're not getting on you. We're with you. We're in that number. So, Rihanna, call us. Coach, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the game, yeah, you miss it. But how, how quickly could you or did you get acclimated to this broadcasting thing? Because it's not easy. We were discussing a former longtime collegiate coach the other day and how he had trouble, at least in his audition. Uh, who knows if he had stuck with it. But how long did it take you to, to figure this broadcasting out? Well, for me, I think I was really fortunate because uh, I started working right away with two guys I've known my whole life, and Mike Breen uh, and Mark Jackson. Mark, I coached a number of times uh, in different places, and uh, Mike was our broadcaster with the Knicks. And when I did TNT in the year between going from New York to Houston, I worked with Mike on TNT some. So uh, the familiarity and liking who you're working with to me is so important and they wanted to see me be successful. So I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't in a lot of ways about the art of broadcasting, but Mike's such a great point guard uh, and he makes it look so easy that he, he plays to our strengths and keeps us away from our weaknesses. And Mark uh, is a much more polished broadcaster than I'll ever hope to be. So that's why you always see him do that. Uh, replays and the rollouts and all that stuff, and I just uh, stick to talking about basketball in the meat of the game. Gio and Jones with Jeff Van Gundy across the country on CBS Sports Radio. U.S. men's basketball coach for the FIBA America Cup. It starts on August 25th and runs through September 3rd. 12-team tournament starts in Uruguay, and the final round action will be in Argentina. The team is made up a lot of the G League players, usually the D League, but now the the G League players, is your approach with those players a lot different than they would be if it were the superstars that we're used to seeing in USA men's basketball? Well, first of all, I have great respect for the guys who come to camp. They're, these guys, uh, some have played in the NBA, some you know, all want to be back, and they are fighting every day for their careers. And so every day is important. Um, there are no days, there's no sense of entitlement. Uh, so, um, because of that, and because we have much less preparation time, uh, than the other teams we're competing against, uh, we've got to find the right type of guys, uh, who really want to compete hard because FIBA basketball, I can't tell you how different it is than NBA basketball or D league basketball. My 90s Knicks would have fit in perfectly in FIBA basketball because it is rough, it is physical, and uh, the whistle does not blow a lot, particularly in rebounding sequences. So uh, we got to find the right guys. And um, obviously the talent differential that we play with when our very, very best NBA players compete uh, give us the opportunity to be dominant. And maybe you don't have to practice uh, as hard uh, because of that talent discrepancy. But this group, um, we're, we're going to be in a dogfight. It's going to be hard. And uh, that's exciting because, you know, if, if it's worthwhile, it is hard. 
and these guys are going to work, and we're going to compete and see what we can do. Any concerns on your part as far as your your coaching and having being out there in that heated competition for a while? Absolutely. It's one of the things that um, – and because I'm coaching the World Cup qualifiers uh, in November, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be like a soccer type of an, uh, qualifying for the World Cup um, of basketball, we play two games uh, in November, February, June – September, the next November, and the next uh, February. Um, this is uh, going to teach me about FIBA basketball. This is going to uh, help me understand exactly the type of D-League player that we're looking for who on uh, short practice time uh, can learn, process, and then play effectively and efficiently uh, with other like-minded players. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, my time off, is one of the things um, that it's important to knock the rust off. Uh, but I'm going to make mistakes, and hopefully um, there'll be less as this tournament goes on and going on into the more important uh, World Cup qualifiers. If there was a job in the NBA that you were interested in, would the style of basketball that is played with that team, the personnel be a big factor in your decision-making because you mentioned those 90s Knicks, you mentioned the FIBA style being like that, but today's NBA, there's not a ton of teams like that anymore. Uh, how much would that factor into your decision-making? Oh, there's no teams. Uh, look, FIBA basketball is a competition unto itself. Uh, they post up the ball a lot more in FIBA basketball uh, you know, the zone rules, you know, there's no illegal defense, so there's a lot of zone play, uh, matchup zone, stuff like that. Uh, so it's a totally different, uh, same sport, different game. As far as coming back to the NBA, I don't think it's uh, the roster is nearly as important as, if you're thinking about coaching, as who the owner is and who you're going to work for uh, as a general manager or president. Um, if you are like-minded and see and have the same sort of vision about how uh, to build a roster, what's important value-wise, and you share that with ownership and management, you'll be able to construct a roster uh, that allows you to compete. Now, you need Hall of Fame-level talent to win championships. Uh, and I was fortunate in New York. I had Hall of Fame-caliber players, and the same in Houston. But when you start a situation where you're usually part of a rebuilding situation, you don't usually have Hall of Fame talent on hand, and that would be just fine. When you look at the current state of the NBA and, and Golden State winning a second title in the last three years, the turmoil that has ensued there in, in, in Cleveland, do you think it's just going to be Golden State all over again? Uh, they're they're going to become a dynasty. Is there anyone that can knock them off this pedestal? I know we have to wait and see what's going to happen with Cleveland and LeBron and Kyrie Irving. I don't think there's anybody in the NBA who can play with Golden State. If healthy, I think Golden State's going to win the next two or three in a row uh, before we even start to see someone who can challenge. Um, now, obviously, injuries get in the way. Uh, drama can get in the way, as we see in Cleveland. Um, some people, uh, Pat Riley used to always say this, and, and, and I think it's true in uh, sport. Some teams get tired of winning. Some players get tired of winning. 
they they can't stand you know the winning part because usually with that you have to share uh, the limelight, uh, the success, um, and you start to feel like I can win anywhere with anybody. And as we know, it's very very difficult to win. That's one of the things that Golden State has impressed me about. Uh, there was no resentment as far as Durant last year. I think they're going to have to keep working to make sure uh, they're humble enough to retain their level of sacrifice uh, that they've shown as they have started on the road to be in a dynasty. And I don't think anything other than injury can prevent that. We have another minute or so with Jeff Van Gundy, who is the head coach for USA Men's Basketball, the FIBA America Cup 2017, which gets started in a few weeks, a little bit later this month. If you were Ty Lue and you heard the Kyrie Irving demands, uh, what would you say to him if you were able to get in touch with him? Well, I was fortunate enough to coach uh, Ty in Houston, and he's a a remarkable uh, coach and also a great man as far as building relationships. He was like the Pied Piper when he played in the NBA. Um, And so I'm sure he's already... Uh, worked extensively behind the scenes to try to prevent what happened with the trade demand and then after the trade demand to try to uh, keep their group together. Because when you trade a talent like Irving, very rarely are you going to get equal value back. And with Boston improving, uh, I think Ty understands just how tenuous his team situation is. So I'm sure he's working to try to keep it together, but it's difficult. You've got the Irving situation. You've got LeBron's situation coming up in a year. There's a lot of things that go on, but when you've got James on your team, you got a shot every night. Coach, I see you decided to stay there in my home state of Texas. Why? Well, why does anyone do anything? Because your wife tells you so. so <laughs> and like you said, Houston's a great uh, place uh uh, my two daughters uh, love it here as well. Uh, Houston's a, a great place to, you know, uh, live and raise a family. Uh, we couldn't be happier to be Texans. <laughs> there you go. See, that's why I'm getting rid of mine. Well, I don't even want to start down that path. <laughs> yeah, he... Um... <laughs> he's still married, but he shipped his wife and mother-in-law to Florida and bought them a house, and he stayed up north. So it was quite the Jedi. I go visit. <laughs> Occasionally. Yes. Well, listen, best of luck uh, with this team, and it's great to see you back, Coach, and I have uh, so many fond memories of you as head coach of the Knicks and uh, some of those press conferences and a lot of winning, which we haven't seen since. So uh, best of luck. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.